0: This is Sadiq, and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports-related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA, and collegiate athletics, happening every Tuesday morning. What's up, America? So we talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. We talking about March Madness. We're talking having some NBA takes, and to end it all off, one of the blockbuster trades in the NFL. Roll my music. Go. I, ain't wrong, I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you won't be walking out. I ain't got time to hit what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you won't be walking out. I ain't got time to hit what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you won't be walking out. I ain't got time. So I'm going to start off the show and talk about something that everyone's been talking about for the last 24 to 36 hours. It hasn't been two full days yet. And that's the Oscars. Will Smith finally gets his Oscar, his first Oscar for Best Actor in Paul um, and portraying Richard Williams, um, the movie King Richard, uh, portraying Venus and Serena's uh, father. But that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about the slap. We're talking about Chris Rock making a joke towards Jada Pinkett and Will Smith reacting to it by getting on stage and slapping him. And I just want to say Will Smith was wrong. He was flat out wrong. People want to say well, he was you know, protecting his wife. If you think What he did on national TV was about protecting his wife. I don't know what to say to you. That was more about his insecurities than anything else. Watch the video. His initial reaction was that he was laughing. And then he saw Jada wasn't laughing, and then he retaliated. And he's talked about his insecurities about not being able to protect his wife or feel like he can protect his wife on Um, in other situations. So this was more about his insecurities, in my opinion, than it was protecting his wife. Plus, let's just be real. You ain't doing that if The Rock made that joke. You ain't doing that if Shannon Sharp made that joke. And you damn sure ain't doing that if that was Terry Crews. So Will Smith, what we doing here? And another thing, you can protect your wife if that's what it truly is, because obviously I'm just speculating, you can protect your wife without putting hands on somebody. Chris Rock didn't lay hands on you. Chris Rock didn't lay hands on anybody. He made a joke. Keep in mind, people want to say, well, Chris Rock had it coming. Well, Will Smith, Jada, and those who come to these award shows have it coming. Name me a show, BT Awards, the Oscars, the Emmys, whatever show, whatever, shoot, the NFL Honors, the ESPYs, whatever show you want to watch, award show, they get somebody to come on stage and make jokes of everybody. No holds barred. Now, yeah, obviously there's some certain things that you just don't talk about, but now You telling me that that was warranted? If you think Chris Rock was warranted to be slapped on stage, I don't don't got nothing to say to you. Chris Rock is a comedian. He makes light of anything, no matter how serious it is. And there's always some truth in a joke. Now, I'm not saying what Chris Rock said was below the was not below the belt or not deemed disrespectful. But what I will say is, he did not deserve to be slapped on stage by Will Smith. And Chris Rock, in my opinion, handled it with class, because most men would have gotten out of that Tom Ford or whatever, whoever designer made that, And they would have fought on stage. But more importantly, something Chris Rock also said. Us. We always mess it up for us. And what we should be talking about, and I'll talk about it, is that Samuel Jackson finally got his first Oscar. That Venus and Serena did a phenomenal job with the help of obviously the cast of portraying the impact that their father had on their lives and what they are today. That Will Smith, who could have easily won an Oscar before this, especially the one with Pursuit of Happiness, finally won an Oscar and deservingly so. That Will Packer and the first black production audience for the Oscars had a 57% increase in viewing. Shout out to Will Packer. Now, I'm not trying to dissolve Chris Rock for what he said in terms of what he said to Jada with her alopecia um, hair loss situation. But what I will say is that this is what he does. If you're sensitive to that, then don't come to the show because there's no holes barred. Remember, he made a comment about Will and Jada before. So to me, like I said before, and I'll say it again, this was not about protecting his woman. If it was really about protecting his woman, if it was really about protecting his woman, Will Smith's initial reaction would have been to just get up on stage. He only got on stage because he looked at Jada and Jada looked at him crazy. But more importantly, this was in March. What was happening with August last summer, Will Smith? That's the dude that you should be getting at. Because he was all up in your house doing what you should be doing to your own wife. Now, all those people that were saying that Will Smith was protecting his wife are the same people that were selling his name last summer when Jada was talking about the entanglement. So at the end of the day, I'm going to just leave it off at this. Will Smith was wrong. Chris Rock handled it with class. And we should be talking about a phenomenal job that Will Packer did in that production. Samuel Jackson shout out for the first Oscar. Venus Serena, you know, being able to showcase the the impact that their father had And, and all above all of that. Will Smith and his phenomenal performance in this film. Okay, so instead of talking about Will and Chris Rock, let's talk about some NCAA basketball, shall we? That Sunday, UNC laid the smackdown on St. Peter's. St. Peter's has had a tremendous run, getting to the Elite Eight. And that came to a crashing halt against UNC because UNC said, nah, we're going to beat the brakes off of you. The game was over by halftime. They were already up by 19 and the end game, they, they uh, they beat them by 20. UNC played like they're supposed to play. Now, you saw them against Baylor. And they almost wet the bet on that, but they rose up in, in overtime and they won. And then they took care of business of Saint against St. Peter's. They didn't really, you know, score particularly well um or shoot the three, but they played great defense and they stymied them. St. Peter's was 30% from the field. They were 25% from three-point range. That's the story. Um, that's literally the story. Um UNC Chapel Hill, they' They just dominated them and they just showed them that, you know, there's, there's levels to this, but shout out to St. Peter's because they came in here. Nobody expected them to do something and they made history. First team to get to the elite eight. That, that, that's what happened. First team to get to the elite eight. Um, and, and it was, it was phenomenal to see. Um, so we'll see what happens in the final four, Um, Kansas. Laid the smack down on the Hurricanes. They just beat the brakes off of them. And in the first half, Miami thought they had a chance. And then the second half happened and they had no chance because the Jayhawks went on a 47-15 run in the second half. And they just demolished them. The Hurricanes were turning the ball over left and right. And the Jayhawks, all they did was just take that and convert those into points. Um, And it will be interesting to see what happens in the final four. Um, because the Jayhawks now have to go against Villanova. Um, The number one seed versus number two seed, and then UNC versus Duke. First time Duke is facing UNC in the final four for the right to go to the championship game. Now, I'm going to make my predictions right now. Villanova versus Kansas? Man, I'm riding with Villanova. I just am. They play a slow tempo. They are a defensive orientated team. They're a team that doesn't really beat themselves. So I anticipate this being a slow game and a low scoring game. Um, so I, I have, you know, Villanova winning against Kansas. Now, UNC versus Duke. Duke, I thought was gonna be out of this a couple of rounds ago, but they rose up, they sh- they showed out on a 15-2-1 against Michigan State, and, and th- they were able to advance. Um, so this magic carpet ride that Coach K is riding on, I think it comes to a crashing hole. I, I got UNC winning against Duke. I think UNC they were able to beat the defending champs in Baylor in overtime after giving up a 25-point lead. I think they're battle-tested and I think they're ready to go. Mind you, they've already beaten Duke in a hostile environment with Coach K being his last game um, at Duke. Um, I just think that UNC is just mentally tougher than Duke right now. And I think they're going to win. So I have my national championship game Villanova versus UNC. Um, and we'll see what happens. I, I ain't got to hear what they be talking about. Now some more basketball for you, but now we're going to the association. I ain't going to lie, y'all. I'm concerned for my Miami Heat. We're not looking too good. Now, I know we won the other night against the Kings. But before then, we got the brakes beat off of us against the Nets. We lost to the Knicks. We lost to the Warriors. We lost to the 76ers. Our last three wins against, against the Pistons the Thunder, and the Kings. None of those teams are even sniffing the playoffs. So I'm actually really concerned. Jimmy Butler had a little spat with Eric Spolstra. I'm not too worried about that. But the Miami Heat have not been playing great basketball, giving up over 110 points in their last couple of games averaging. They, they, you don't look right. And just before the playoffs, now my thinking is I hope I hope they just putting it on cruise control because they're just really waiting for the playoffs. But y'all not been playing well. Jimmy Butler has not played well. Duncan Robinson has not played well. Kyle Lowry has not played well. Bam Bam hasn't played to expectations. This team is predicated on playing defense, playmaking for one another, and being a collective unit. And we just not seeing that. The Miami Heat are one of the best teams of in on defense, especially in the paint. And they've been just this would have just been a highway. You can get score. You can get a score. You can get a score. Mind you, those losses that I talked about, their best players wasn't even playing. Except for the Nets, you know, they had KD and Kyrie. But come on. Miami, y'all gotta get it together. That's on one front. And on the other front, I just want to let this be known. The Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball. They just are. I don't want to hear it. They're the best team in basketball. And it's honestly not close. Devin Booker, while he won't get MVP considerations because his numbers aren't that good, even though the NBA has told us Um, for the last, what, 20-plus years, that if you're the best player on the best team, the chances of you winning MVP are high. Kobe Bryant, Dallas Hawaii won, Deck Nowitzki, LeBron James, Steph Curry, the list goes on and on and on. But for some reason, because of the way Devin Booker scores and he doesn't have the volume stats, he's not averaging 30, you know, 8 and 8. He's averaging, you know, right around 26, 5 and 6, that he's not being truly considered for MVP, which is just asinine to me, because all that means is that he's very efficient and they play great defense. Um, D-Book should get consideration for all NBA first team and he won't because it will probably go to Luka and Steph Curry. Um, but the Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball. They should win the NBA championship. And we'll see if they do. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is these goddamn Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie finally can play home games. Yes, the ruling was bogus, but he finally can play home games. And guess what? I still don't have him winning the chip. I don't even have him going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And let me tell you why. So you telling me that Kyrie and KD and we all know the the health of Ben Simmons, they haven't been able to play three games together. Three in a row. And you telling me they are gonna be able to play 16 to 24 games together and capture an NBA championship? When has that ever happened in NBA history? That has not. I know a team in 2007 that had just won the championship didn't play together much, got their star shooting guard back, thinking they was going to make a run, and got swept in the first round by the Chicago Bulls. So, I've seen it happen where a team thinks they can gel just right at the playoffs and think they're going to be able to win. No. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, not win the NBA championship this season, and let's get over it. Okay. Let's talk about um, the NFL, shall we? So we had a breaking news last week, big news. Tyreek Hill, one of the most explosive plays in NFL history, is taking his talents to South Beach. He's being traded for five picks, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a sixth-round pick, all going to the Chiefs for the services of Tyreek Hill. And he signs the biggest contract in NFL history for a wide receiver, uh, getting fully guaranteed of upwards of $70 million, surpassing the contract that Devontae Adams got a couple of weeks before. Now, Tyreek Hill had a great situation. He was playing with the best quarterback in the league, with the best offensive mind in the league, and playing with the best tight end in the league. And... His contract was coming up, and he saw the offer that the Miami Dolphins were uh, were giving, and he couldn't pass that up. Now, the two teams that were in the race was my Jets and the Miami Dolphins. But according to Tyreek, he was never choosing the Jets, so it was all Miami. Now, according to reports, the Jets had already made an offer to the Chiefs. The Chiefs accepted the offer and then uh, they negotiated a contract. Drew Rosenhaus, the agent for Tyreek Hill, essentially used the Jets as leverage. Drew Rosenhaus then went to the Miami Dolphins and once the Miami Dolphins got into it, it was over. It was a wrap. Um, And Tyreek got to choose where he wanted to go. It wasn't as if like, you know, the, the Chiefs told him where he was going to go because he wasn't going to sign an extension uh, in that situation if he had went to the Jets. So with that being said, Tariq, it will never be the same. It will never be the same. You will not be catching, you know, 110 balls for uh, 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. That's just not going to happen. Tua got a pop gun arm. They ain't nobody on that team that's Travis Kelsey and nobody on that team that is Andy Reid. Now, I've seen a lot of receivers take the bag, and in a couple of years, they were trash. First case, you remember T.J. Hoosmanzada? Was a beast with Chad Johnson and Chris Henry, RIP. Got money from Seattle. He went from Carson Palmer to Javaris Jackson and was pitiful. My guy, Greg Jennings, was on a Hall of Fame track, in my opinion, was with Aaron Rodgers. Contract was up. They wanted to resign him. He said, no, I'm going to go take the bag to Minnesota and work with Christian Pardup. And he was not a thought after that. This past season, Kenneth Galladay, Everybody thought it was a holiday for the New York Giants. And he was playing with Matt Stafford, got the back to work with Daniel Jones, and he hasn't been in the end zone. So Tyreek, I'd rather, in my opinion, I'd rather be a top five paid receiver with Patrick Mahomes, because that's what the reports were. The Chiefs did offer him, you know, five um. They did offer him a situation where he was going to be a top five paid receiver and ended up now being the top paid receiver in Miami, especially with no state in contact. But Tyreek, I don't care if it's Tyreek Hill, Lauren Hill, King of the Hill. You never going to be the same, bro. It's never going to be the same. And why you had to slight my jest like that in your open impressive? That was cold, bro. That was cold. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on the show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, Prove Me Wrong underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments. They be talking about best to prove me wrong or else you going to be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about best to prove me wrong. Or else you gon' be walking out? Walkin out, walkin out.